Welcome, friends, to Journey to Grateful Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, a father of three and a suddenly single parent, a widower. I created this podcast to help myself and others explore the many obstacles of living life after loss. The mission of Journey to Grateful is to help guide anyone who has newly experienced loss, educate those who are unsure how to support someone who has, and embrace everyone who is currently living life through the loss of someone special. Through this show and our blog stories found on journeytograteful.com, our mission is clear. Open a dialogue to share our various grief journeys while helping each other find the best way to live through our loss. I hope our stories will become the foundation of your own journey to grateful as you navigate through your own loss. Welcome to our community. I'm thankful more than you could know that you've decided to join us. Now let's begin our journey together. In today's episode, I have the pleasure to share a chat with my guest, Mary Ellen. We begin by discussing a new perspective on sharing grief, which in turn allowed us to navigate our paths in a healthy way. Ellen, being two and a half years past the loss of her husband, and I recently hitting the one-year milestone of the loss of my wife, we find similarities and differences along the way. We also examine aspects of loss where we find the need to ask for help, or we identify our need for normal and what that looks like in our various states of our journeys. And as usual, our discussion flows as freely as our thoughts and as our emotions do. And as we try to define for you where we are, what we feel, and how our new life perspectives define the very moments we are trying desperately to define for ourselves. As we begin, we invite you to make mental notes and share with us your thoughts on the details of this episode and what your new perspective looks like in your grief journey. Let's begin. I think that as I have looked back on my grief journey over the past two and a half years, um, there's just certain things that I have learned. And as I talk with more and more and more people, I realize that the things that I have learned could possibly be helpful to others, that they haven't either um, been aware of it or they haven't seen it or they're not there yet, or it's just a new perspective that they literally have never heard of. And it just boggles my mind that something that I've learned that has been so helpful is just not part of our common everyday like reality. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it's so important just to get that message out there and just share that. You had like you hit it right on the head when you said new perspective. And that's what I got months after the loss of my wife when I went to two different bereavement groups and it was a completely new perspective because of the different places that each person in the group was at. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I just think that anybody who shares their grief journey or anybody who is open enough to, I don't know, be vulnerable enough maybe to share it and to, to reach out to others, but there's also a vulnerability of the person receiving too. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a courageousness and a bravery on on the part of maybe, you know, whoever's listening or you or anybody, mm-hmm. just to be brave about receiving it, to be brave and vulnerable to open it up and say, wow, I'm here. Like, 
And even to say, I need help, or I need to hear something like just to know that there's something that you need that may be missing, or there's something that, and it's not easy for people to open up and say, I need this or no, no, it, it isn't. It's not this. easy for them to say to the, even to themselves, let alone to everybody else externally, right. but I know I can't do this alone and I need help. Right. Right. I, th- I think you just brought up a good point. Like even admitting to yourself that's usually the hardest part it is (laughs) it is (laughs) the old adage that words are cheap you know kind of goes it's the it's the walking down the hall passing somebody hey how you doing and then that's it it's just a courtesy it's just something that you say and when you actually have to admit that you need help and that you're admitting it to yourself and not just Mm -hmm. the fly-by-night automatic response when somebody says how are you doing it hits a little bit deeper. It does. It does. And when somebody actually takes that second to say, how are you doing really? Like, yeah. you know, that hits deeper. The ones that it. won't let you get away with, I'm no, fine. No, no. It's like, no, I didn't, I didn't ask to do that. Just like be that common courtesy. I asked, you know, how are you doing really? But um, yeah. no, and I do find that, you know, I have learned some things along the way. I have found that there are certain challenges I needed to give myself to move forward. Um, and I'm not going to say that any of it was easy. It's all like self-awareness and it's, it's admitting to myself I needed help, which I wasn't the kind of person to ever do that prior to this. So that was a big learning curve for me. Um, but I think right now where I'm at is there's this space between like feeling lost and really, really, really wanting to feel normal again and whatever normality is, you know, that's a whole that's, I would assume that's big air quotes, right? It is so big air quotes because I've learned that life will never be normal again, ever, because my whole exactly. sense of what normal is, is gone. Like it's just gone. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I think, you know, that leans into some other philosophies about, you know, everything changes, everything's impermanent, nothing is permanent. You know, we just have to be grateful for the opportunities we have in front of us. And to know them and re- and honor them and then let them go because that's everything mm-hmm. changes. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a big thing I had to learn. But right now, I think just in that space between feeling lost and feeling, I don't even, I got to come up with another word besides feeling normal again, but um, maybe just embracing the moment. Like, yeah, I, I get that too, because uh, when you say feeling normal again, I mm-hmm. never want anybody to assume it's as though you're going back to how it used to be. That doesn't exist anymore. It never can right. and never will. So no. normal is is a word that... So what did you suggest instead of saying normal? I I usually go to just being in the present moment. Yeah. But there is no normal for me again. And there was a long time, at least a year where I literally kept thinking, okay, if I can just take care of this, then it'll go back to normal. If I can mm-hmm. just, if I can just cross this off the list, then it'll go back to normal. And I literally every day would get up and go, okay, if I could just do this, then it, then it'll, then it'll go back to normal. And no. I kept crossing things off the list and I kept doing, it was like I was hitting my head against the wall because nothing was making it life return to quote unquote normal. But I, and I think in that, in that journey of just like thinking that I could just cross things off a list and then I would like, quote unquote, get my life back. Um, 
what I eventually learned is how to let go of the past and just embrace my new identity. And I like that. To me, it was, um, I mean, it's not even like being in the threshold of a doorway, but I guess that's probably the best analogy or best visual I can do right now is I'm in a doorway and behind me is the past and in front of me is the future. Mm-hmm. And if I keep reaching into the past, I'm reaching into something that really actually doesn't even exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like I have memories, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not an entity that I can really take hold of. And when I was trying to reach back there and take hold of it, I was really trespassing. I was doing something that is even, it's an impossibility. Mm-hmm. And I just kept putting my energy into something that could never exist again. Mm-hmm. And so then learning to just stand in the doorway in the present moment, it was like, I'm ready for the future. I'm available for the future. I know the future's there. But being in this present moment, I can really tune into, um, I don't even want to say like living in the present moment, but being more aware of where I am. I don't want to use lost as the word. It gave me a place. Okay. It gave me a place of reference. Um, well, as you said, you know, embracing I was just your new identity. Otherwise, I was just like, Right. I was like, I was just like flailing, like which way to go and, and what to do and how do I, you know, everything, you know, everything was different. And instead I was like, well, if I just stand in this doorway for a while, <laughs> then I can, just, <laughs> I can I don't have grounded, to face what's you know? in front of me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, com- right. Complete, I don't have to completely in front of me because it's not yeah. here yet. I don't have to like constantly put my energy in the past because it's gone. It was more like I could take a breath. I could just, I could just take a breath. I could get grounded. I could just like not think that I had to like solve all the world's problems and take care of everything like in that exact moment. But mm-hmm. um, it, it just allowed me to just breathe. Really, it, it allowed me, but it also allowed me to say, you know what? It's okay being right here right now. Yeah, it's okay to just stand here for a minute. Yeah. Definitely. That is, me I had to walk through that door. Sure. That that's very important because first of all, you have to walk through that door on your own terms, in your right. own time. Okay. Uh, as we've said many times in our discussions, everybody's experience is completely different. And that's not to say how they lost their someone, which could be a child, a spouse, a friend, whoever. It is right. that path that they are currently walking on it never looks the same as somebody else's path and the timeline can be completely different and you gave yourself permission to just be Mm -hmm. for a while Mm -hmm. and that is important i completely relate to your mentioning how it was like there was you were wandering you were Mm -hmm. again not to overuse the word lost but i think most people can understand that you you felt lost and you felt uh maybe perhaps a a lack of purpose yes yes definitely and unfortunately you have to go through it to get it yeah yeah and 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 that sucks and you don't want to be part of that club 
we didn't want to be part of no. this club. <laughs> and here we are. I like that membership. <laughs> yes. I couldn't cancel it. That was a problem. I couldn't cancel <laughs> exactly. It. <laughs> Definitely. I, uh, no. <laughs> we don't like this club. <clears throat> so you've been two and a half years into this. I've mm-hmm. been just over a year. So we are obviously at different places. We've had some similar uh, identifiable experiences um, and some that are completely different. Uh, being two and a half years past, for somebody like myself or even somebody out there that perhaps is listening to this and they are three months into their journey, what do you and I what does anybody even past two and a half years in their five years, what can we tell them to offer solace, to offer, you know, a helping hand, to offer some guideposts in their path? Do you have any ideas? Because I certainly have mentioned them in blog posts on the website and in my discussions on this podcast. And I think, uh, it's always good to hear everybody's perspective because it is going to be different. Yeah. And I, I honestly want to um, not challenge you, but, but throw out the idea that time is really an indicator of anything. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are, there are certain things that I remember feeling and, just being overwhelmed by at that three month mark or at the six month mark. But that doesn't mean that I'm not overwhelmed today about certain things. Sure. So the, I, I think the consistencies are being overwhelmed. The consistencies mm-hmm. are just having um, just this physical heaviness of this physical weight of grief or knowing where it hits you in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the thing that thankfully has passed is, you know, just the, um, the crying, <laughs> yes. you know, waking up, waking up, like literally the minute you wake up, you remember that they're gone and it mm-hmm. just drags you down and it's a physical weight all day long. And it's literally all you think about every minute. And now I'm at the point where uh, I don't think about it every minute, you know, it's an occasional mm-hmm. thing. So but that might be different for everybody. You know, it, somebody might go 10 years and just wake up every sure. day and, and have that feeling of just that physical weight. And they just, they don't move forward, be, you know, beyond that. So um, I think there's two things from the very beginning, actually three, but maybe I'll start with the two. There's a few things that I intentionally did from the very, very, very beginning that um, I'm so grateful to a friend of mine for introducing one of them. But one is just literally being grateful. And in the first few months, when you're just overwhelmed with everything, with life, with change, with with them not being there, with just the physical weight of the grief, um, I was like grateful, you know, (laughs) I'm trying to just breathe day to day, you know, what, what can I be grateful about? But introducing the idea of gratitude was tremendously helpful in me finding a healthy path. And 
It's being grateful for the fact that they existed, the fact that we had the, a relationship, um, what they taught me, what I taught them, that that we were introduced to each other in this world. Like mm-hmm. chance meeting, two minutes difference, we never would have known each other. Wow, just, that, just is, how, that is wild. Yeah, and and just how the world changes. It's like it happened, you know? And it it would you know be different for possibly like somebody who has lost a child or somebody who um, you know maybe was born into your life. But again, you know, chance moment. What the world just turns. Um, so just being grateful for the relationship, being grateful for um, thinking of their life as a gift. And yes. just saying, you know, thank you for receiving this gift. And we don't own people, but instead mm-hmm. we honor them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so just honoring the fact that you have this, have had this gift in your life, um, kind of removes that sense of ownership or that sense of entitlement that they belong to you, that they should still be here for you. No, they were here for themselves. Yeah. And now their life cycle is complete. And because they are here for themselves and their life cycle is complete, um, you got to remember that you're here for yourself. Yeah. And you got to yes, do everything you can. You, can. Yeah. you cannot forget about yourself. You can't forget um, how to move forward in your own time. But I appreciate this entire being grateful aspect, obviously, not only because of the, the title of the podcast and the website, mm-hmm. and grateful is such a central po- uh, part of it, but it it truly helped me um, start truly on the path of, of of continuing to move forward because mm-hmm. instead I chose specifically and consciously instead of completely wallowing in the loss to switch that and celebrating the the things that happened celebrating the things that were possible celebrating the last 15 plus years and uh, that that gets me through that that helps because it was everything that our life was and if i'm only focusing on that loss that's a disservice to everything that our life was before that so i, I love totally this resonate with that I could totally resonate with that. There was a moment where um, I had made that decision too. I was like, you know, I cannot let this two minutes Mm -hmm. take over the 25 years we had together. Yeah. Like it doesn't equal like, like this two minutes should not overshadow everything. And it was, it was intentional. You know, again, none of this is easy, um, but it was an intentional thought. It was an intentional, like, okay, let's, let's put a new perspective on this. Let's, let's, let's twist this because this is this other focusing on this two minutes is really, mm-hmm. really dragging me down. Um, yeah, yeah I, I completely understand that. I completely understand that. So excellent. Gratitude is huge. Gratitude is huge. Um, and then I even do a, I do a gratitude practice and ah. I have a, I have a bowl and it's from um, when my late husband traveled, he traveled the world and he brought back a brass bowl from um, Nepal and ah. it's a meditation bowl, but 
in our many moves, we've lost a piece to, we've lost the gong, which I have to go replace, but. Oh, is that, <laughs> is that the ball that you take the gong thing and you go around the, the rim of the yes. ball? Okay. Yes. That. That's, yes. That's yes. So, so I was like, I have this beautiful bowl. I didn't want to get rid of it just because we lost one piece of it. And I mean, I guess, wow, lost one, but you keep going. Um, so I took the bowl. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? <laughs> wow. So the I, symbolism there. I know. I was just like, wow, they just caught me. Um, <laughs> so, I, so I still have the bowl and it's, it's, you know, gorgeously etched bowl from Paul. And I thought, okay, what can I do with this? And so I turned it into a gratitude bowl. And I've made these uh, little pieces of paper. And mm-hmm. when I am, and, and it's a practice. So every couple of days I'm like, okay, what am I grateful for? And I have to think, you know, I have to sit down. You, you have to take a moment, just give a, give a, a rest to your day and say, what am I grateful for today? And just write out a few things and put it in the gratitude bowl. And then I picked right. up another practice from another um, therapist that said, start out your saying with, may I remember? And then like, may I remember I can breathe today or may I remember that I have healthy legs to take a walk? I mean, just, it can be simple stuff. It can be huge stuff. May I remember that the sun rises for everyone or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And Mm -hmm. just the, may I remember and the gratitude if I'm having a low day or if I'm, you know, forgetting to stay in my positive practice, then I just go to the gratitude bowl. I start sifting through the papers and I'm like, wow, I have a lot to be grateful for, you know, that is wonderful. it just, it just helps. It helps ground me. It helps keep me on track. It helps, you know, again, like I'm not the person to always reach out for help or say, Hey, I'm having a bummer of a day. So I like to have something there for myself that I can just Mm -hmm. kind of pick myself up before I, you know, go back out there again. But that's, it proves that every true. little bit helps. It it does not have to be grand. I mean, this, drill it down. It's a piece of paper that has a thought yes. from you at some point in time that you took time to write down. And then when you needed it the most, and perhaps at that time, nobody was around, you were able to go and get a little boost just from that piece of paper and remind yourself that, Hey, this came from you. You have that inside you. You have that gratitude for that thing inside you. And then of course you look at the bowl filled with other pieces of paper. And like you said, there's so much to be grateful for. I love that. I, I never, I never thought of it like, wow, I already have that inside of me, but I guess, I guess if I you wrote do. it and I put it in. Yeah. If I you do, wrote so. it. Yeah. You're your best supporter. Yeah. And we don't even I, I know always, that. I always forget it. I always forget Because it, in, a, in our heads, I don't know about you, but in my head, sometimes I'll be on a walk and I'll beat myself up over some little detail. And it could be the past. It could be uh, currently with the kids or what have you. And then I kind of realize, and and I, I talk to somebody who, who oftentimes listens to what I'm saying. And then she's like, did you understand what you just said? And she, she makes me put a spotlight on what I had just said and how there's a bit of the, of what I just said uh, was just absolutely wrong, whether it's because it's more negative than it needs to be. And there was no reason for that to be negative. It's uh, it's good for 
something in our life to kind of turn the spotlight back on or raise the mirror up in front of us. And even this gratitude bowl, I think, does that in a really, really nice, positive way. I like that. Mm-hmm. Now, you said two things. What was the other? I'm going to add a third, that? but the, the second one is, I think it it kind of comes off of having gratitude really nicely, but it's self-compassion. Okay. And that's where... That's where you kind of dig into stopping the negative self-talk. Really saying it's okay to be where I am and really embracing that and really giving yourself like your own permission to be exactly where you are, to know that you're moving Mm -hmm. forward, Mm -hmm. uh, not to compare yourself to anybody else, just Mm -hmm. to, you know, again, be in the moment. And I had written a little, um, I had written a little thing that really resonated with me and Self-compassion to me is like, I was trying to figure out, okay, how could I say this so that I could really feel what I needed to give myself when I wasn't being compassionate with myself. And um, one of the things I wrote is love yourself. Like you just received a hug that woke the essence of your living soul mm-hmm. and of your loving soul. Love it. And I'm like, that's what we all need to do for ourselves is like, it's like you got to hug yourself. Like you're just waking the essence of your loving soul. And that like, that's what you would want to give a friend. That's what you would want to give yourself. Like, why wouldn't you want to give yourself that every day? And that's self-compassion. That is saying, I love you no matter what. You know, and if everybody can do that for themselves, especially through this grief process, that to me was another huge thing that really helped ground me again and really helped like give me some stability again. Because if you can be yeah, there for yourself, you you got it all. Definitely. Because as we just talked about being negative with ourselves, perhaps uh, not um, not being kind to ourselves. If it's not verbalized, it's just in our heads. Mm-hmm. If we can be that way, why can't we be the absolute opposite? Right. And that's exactly where you went with that. It's right. it's uh, basically loving yourself and right. Right. saying it's okay to be where you are and right. you're doing okay. Right. Yeah, that's right. really nice. I right. like that. I mean, you would never tell your kids or your best friend, like, all the things that you tell yourself negatively in your head. No. Like, you, you would <laughs> it'd be horrible. No, nobody would. <laughs> that, that has nothing no. to do with just grief. <laughs> that right. is just right. straight across but, the But I think, I think grief kind of, like, Magnifies. grief opens the door to everything. Yes. You start analyzing everything, everything to, Amen. to like a greater degree than you have to. I had called my brother one day about something <laughs> and he listened and he goes, um, can I just say something? I'm like, what? He goes, do you think you're possibly overanalyzing this? And I'm like, yes, a thousand percent. You know me. Like I overanalyze everything to a thousand percent, but I just found that, that, like grief amps up everything. Mm-hmm. 
grief amps up and, and like just blast the doors to every boundary or every limit we ever thought we had in our life. And I mean, that's Mm -hmm. part of like trying to find our new identity is it's like, Whoa, (laughs) Mm -hmm. where am Mm -hmm. I now? But um, yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Self-compassion is right in there for me. It's, it's as you're, as you're stumbling and as you're disoriented and as you're overwhelmed and as all this like world is like changing and shifting and moving, you got to be compassionate with yourself. You have to be. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And, and it, it just, you just have to be aware that you have to, I mean, that's a huge step right there to be simply aware that you should be kinder to yourself and that, uh, and then the next step would be to give yourself permission to actually be kinder to yourself and then physically do that, doing that for yourself. And if you're, if you're not even able to take, I would suggest the gratitude is like one of the first steps, then it's hard, really, really hard, if not impossible, to have this self-compassion step completed. Yeah. So. And, and I think they go hand in hand and I could, you know, I could take this back to early grief when, um, and I, I, I've talked to a lot of people who are like, they blame themselves sometimes for the death. They think, what more could I have done? Of course. Should we have done this? Should we have done that? You know, you start thinking about all the different possibilities and, and your role in it. And that's where self-compassion had to come in for me is I'm not here to own their life journey. I'm here Mm -hmm. to be in mine Mm -hmm. and I have to be okay with how things are right now. I have to be okay with the role that I played. I mean, so it does start very early on. It's in, it's in a very different space when it starts early on. In early grief. Definitely. Right. Very early. But as you go through the different stages and levels of grief and um, life and you know whatever else is being offered to you, that self compassion will carry you through everything. Yes, completely. You know, um, yeah. you said something about uh, blaming yourself, and uh, my wife gave me an incredible gift uh, before she passed, and it was uh, it was um, at the beginning of last year, and she passed as you recall, uh, July third. And we engaged hospice uh, June 8th, and she had been suffering breast cancer, which metastasized in two brain tumors. And uh, on those drives to and from doctors, uh, her, her gift that she gave me were, was that abil- her ability to talk about the things that, quote unquote, we had to talk about, those uncomfortable moments. And... We often talked about, you know, the treatments and what next and so on and so forth. And she told me at one point in time that she was happy that we were able to do everything possible. And she was sad that it just wasn't going to be, you know, the magic pill. And just that phrase was was important because she confirmed for me that we had done what we could and it just wasn't going to be enough. And it was truly out of our hands. That's important. Not everybody, as you know, can have that with sudden passing of whoever is in their life. Um, But we have to be confident that we have 
we have smiled and laughed together. We have made the memories. We have Im imparted our strength upon each other. And that, um, that now when they are gone, that we should have the comfort to be able to take that strength and help that build self-compassion and be able to go down a road that is not way back in the past. Mm -hmm. Because, and I've said this before, and I know this is really a cliche, and I apologize, but that's what they would want us to do, correct? You know that, I certainly can say that about my wife. This is what she would want us to do. She would be devastated if we were wallowing, if we were stuck, if we were right. absolutely not moving forward. And we're never right. going to get past this. We're never going to get over this, but we can move through and forward. Mm -hmm. So I really, I really like these, these two, uh, pieces of of wisdom and i will call that wisdom you i will say that for you you're not going to say that about yourself but i will say that about you those are definitely very important pieces grateful and self-compassion that's huge and for somebody who may be listening to this and they're early in their journey yes some of this stuff uh can possibly be too soon for them but know that there is a possibility to get to those points. Right. It's a process. It really is a process and you have to build upon what you know. And, um, you know, you, you have the strength in, you just got to find it. That's kind of the hard part sometimes. Um, and just confirm that you have the strength within you. That might be the starting point for some people. Like yeah. just know that it's there. You have to find it. And that's part yes. of the process too. Like just, Okay, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you are at that desperate point. You you don't think that there is. Oh. And, and sometimes my, my kids are the ones that surprise me and show me that there is, show me that I have in me uh, more strength than I give myself credit for. Yes. Oh, yeah. My, my oldest son, uh, one day I was struggling and, and he just looked at me and he goes, Mom, any step forward is a good forward. Like you're Ooh. moving. Ooh. I was like, wow. <laughs> okay. I am so excited and about that. I'm, I'm like, writing Dang. it down. Literally. <laughs> That's wonderful. I, I'll, I'll give you the, I'll give you the, like the way he said it though, was just so like, it was, it was one sentence and it just like stabbed me in my tracks. I'm like, wow. Okay. I needed that. Um, I assume it was just a matter of fact way that he said it. It was kind of to him. Yes. That was obvious. Like, yeah. He, awesome. he was just like, well, any step forward is a, is a move forward. It's a good move. Like it was just like, boom, done. Like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> that so, is, no, I've, I've had those moments with my kids. They are so, they are so wise. They're so old soul. Like, yeah, they're good to have around. They're good to That's have around. Spectacular. That is absolutely spectacular. I love that. And sometimes, you know, we just need that from, and it comes from the, the most unlikely places or in the most unlikely ways. And mm -hmm. we just have to hope that we are open enough to take that in into to understanding. 
get that. I, I, yeah, I was just going to say that. I'm like, the gratitude and the self-compassion really also, like, would lead me into connection. Mm-hmm. Would lead me into talking about, um, you know, when I was at my wits end that day and I just... I could have kept it to myself and I could have looked, you know, very frustrated, but I I had gotten into the practice of being very open with my kids about, you know, where I was in the moment and so that they wouldn't, um, so things would just be very clear. So they wouldn't confuse, well, maybe mom's mad at me about something. No, I'm not mad. I'm just Mm -hmm. upset today about, Mm -hmm. you know, X, Y, Z. So it just helped keep the tension in the house low, just to be a little bit more uh, transparent. And then, So on that day that I shared that, it was just like, wow, okay. I had felt like shutting down or closing in, but instead I opened up and reached out and that connection just boosted me tremendously. So that's the other thing I think I've learned along the way is um, multiple times I have just felt like, you know, just shutting down or closing in or isolating myself or just, you know, pulling in the troops blocking the fort like but instead of learning no wait a minute when I feel that way I've got to just take a breath I got to take a moment and I just need to reach out and connect again because that's my signal that when I feel like shutting down instead I have to do the opposite and I think that's what comes I don't know maybe I don't know if it's my journey but I, I think that comes at different points for different people I would agree yes definitely yeah yeah and you are correct in saying that what you, what tends to work best is when you feel that way, you do the absolute opposite. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy, mm-hmm. but I would suggest that more than not, it uh, changes the entire attitude. Um, mm-hmm. And it, uh, it ends up helping and strengthening at least for myself it it certainly has um, because there's definitely been times Uh, i think that it it also helps and tell me if if you would agree it helps so much that i have children that i'm not here alone um, because they will at times not let me get away with certain things Uh, our daughter for sure will not let us us and I say us, me and the boys get away with anything. If she asks how you are and you say fine, it's not stopping there. And the boys already know that because she doesn't let them get away with it. Okay. And that's good because sometimes you need somebody to to hold you a little bit more accountable, correct? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, I think you've got to have that group of people around you or the few friends or somebody who is going to dig deeper yeah, and doesn't want to stay at the surface because, you know, we're always at the surface. We're, we're mm-hmm. always there. But if you can find somebody who can dig a little deeper and who can, you know, who can listen and who appreciates it and who can go there with you, like that's mm-hmm. a gift. So, yes. I mean, the fact that she'll do that in your life for you, yep. I mean, that's a tremendous gift to have that in your circle. Like that's, yes. I got to believe yes. all three of you are just learning Four, all four of you are just oh, learning yeah. something tremendous from that. Oh, oh, definitely. Definitely. And I hope that the boys, you know, they're, they're 13, 14, just in a couple of weeks, going to be 14, 15. I hope that they're, they're kind of absorbing some of that stuff. Um, you understand that any 
any kid that's in their early teens like that, it's kind of hit or miss what, what kind of gets in, what kind of sticks, what kind of seeps in and stays. <laughs> so I'm really, really hoping um, they occasionally will say something and it kind of reaffirms that, yeah, they got that. Uh, there, there is some success in penetrating. <laughs> we have made a connection. <laughs> yeah, the connection is there. Oh gosh, yeah. But yeah, um, that, that's that's tough. That's tough. Teenage years. It's like they don't want to let you in, but they do. Yes. But they don't want to like show you who they are, but they want to show themselves. It's like yes. this constant conflict of like. <laughs> yeah, and you see it really obviously from standing a little bit outside of that. You actually mentioned, yes. and how ironic this is, um, because I have uh, been trying to um, decide what I was going to do a, another episode about, and I decided last week, and also what I've also I've been challenging myself with on social media is to use some other um, avenues to get the message out and to connect with people that need to be connected with. So I'm also uh, starting to use stories on uh, the Facebook page and the Instagram page. And one recurring theme right now, and it might be because of the time of year, and I'll explain that in a moment, but it's my thought about the suddenly single parenting. And you specifically said that in uh, one of the inf pieces of information you and I were sharing back and forth. And you're talking about single parenting and how it, you know, how it changes uh, constantly. And I think for me, it's because we're just approaching August, which I'm not saying summer is over, but you're starting to um, you're starting to see in the distance the school aspect coming back and you're starting to make certain decisions and signing up for certain things. And you're realizing, at least myself, I'm realizing much more than ever before the whole single parenting situation. And last year, I just kind of went through it. Now the boys were at the same school that they've always been at, which is great. Now for this year, there's a change and one is now going to be in high school. So that along with that change comes to the surface and a realization much more focused on suddenly single parenting. So can you talk about that? Oh, could I? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's that opens up like ugh, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I've gone through so many thoughts about how, um, like when I suddenly became a single parent, it opened up the world to me of all the single parents in the world. Yeah. And how like so I there were times where I wasn't just grieving the loss of my husband. I was grieving the reality of the new information I was getting about the world that I'd never had to touch before. Mm -hmm. And it just opened up like a whole nother world to me, like wow, I I was just so out of touch with how hard single parenting is. 
mm-hmm. and how many single mm-hmm. parents are out there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, I'm taking in all the information while I'm, you know, newly grieving and just being hit with all this, this realization of, of so many people in the rest of the world and, and potentially uh, what they're going through that I never had ever touched before. Um, so that was a new awakening, but, you know, just, just to come back to just my experience with single parenting, um, I would throw out a few curse words, but I'm not going to do that. Um, (laughs) it's tough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I understand. It's a big learning curve. Um, I think I went from like early grief was like, I don't know how to do this. Like how, how, how is this even manageable? And I was trying to think, well, how would he do it? What, what would, what input would he want to say? How, you know, all of, all of, you know, his ideas or like his life experiences and how they added to the soup. And, uh, and I just got to the point where I was like, I can't second guess what he may have done or what he might have said like that's gone it's just gone like it's not even like we're separated and he's living in another city and I could potentially if we had a good relationship I could potentially call him up and say hey you know got this deal what do you how do you want to co-parent this like it's just gone yep done and so um I had to stop like thinking about well, what would he do? And I had to really, really, really focus. Well, I'm here. I'm the one making the decisions. All I have is my life experience to go on and yeah. we just got to yeah. roll. So, so, yeah. Okay. You've it, got to, you've got to understand why uh, I am. I'm really smiling at this because uh, as you may remember, my wife um, back in 1999 lost her first husband suddenly. Mm-hmm. And at the time, their daughter was nine months old. So her and I have had this type of discussion. And specifically, exactly what you said, she would talk to me about, I think the the story was specifically about uh, a vehicle that they had. It was a huge expedition, Ford Expedition. He had bought that maybe a few months, uh, several months before he passed. And it was her car. He wanted her to have a very large, sturdy, solid, safe vehicle. And she kind of secretly hated it because it was just too big. And when it came time, when she finally found the self-compassion in her to say, you know, I don't want this. I'm going to get something else. I asked her, I said, so that must have been hard to get rid of it. She said, you know what? Not as hard as you think. I hated the car. And bottom line is he isn't here. I am. And it was much easier for me to get rid of it. And just you saying that when you're going through this and you're trying to, you're trying to compare, you're trying to kind of ask your, you find yourself asking those questions. Well, how would she have, how would he have dealt with this? To a certain extent, it's okay because they inform a lot of what your life has been in the past. But the bottom line is 
they are not here. And these are words that came from her. So anytime that I run into that myself, I am 100% certain that she'd be, she's probably yelling at me at the time of my indecision saying, yo, I'm not there. <laughs> Remember what I told you? Figure it out hey, yourself. You got this. Just make a decision. <laughs> yes, exactly. And yes. It's, it's wonderful because we had not talked about this before. And I love hearing truly almost word for word exactly what she said about this exact situation you were talking about. So that that is really yeah. it's just ironic. It's 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 quite quite wonderful. And it is so true. They are not here. It you is- have to just figure it out. Right, right. And you just you just do it. You just you you gotta you just gotta step into the shoes. Like yeah. you just make the decision and stop second guessing yourself. Like that was the other thing. I gotta stop second guessing myself. I gotta stop saying, well, what if I make the wrong decision? And now I tell the kids. I'm not making a wrong decision. I'm just making a different one. Yes. Or I'm just making a decision. Making your decision. Your life can go any which way. Right. Right. And uh, my kids are at the age where they are a little bit more independent. So it is, um, I can get a lot more feedback or have a lot better discussion about a decision if it's a big one. Mm -hmm. And they're at the point where they should be making certain decisions on their own. And I should be the one taking the back seat or guiding them or just throwing out the right questions for them to really discern and for them to really, you know, become an active member of that decision-making process. And, you know, I, I did start that when they were a lot younger, you know, I just remember when they were toddlers and they would say, mom, you know, what about this? And I would say, well, what do you think? What do you think? Yes. Yes. What do you yes. think? I want to see what's going on. What do you think? You know, I wanted to see what they were processing and how they were thinking and what, you know, what kind of decision-making skills they already had. And if I would always just tell them what to do, I couldn't see that. So when I said, well, what do you think? Then I could see exactly where they were with their decision-making skills. I could see where they were with their thought processes. And I'm like, that kind of philosophy just kind of continued up till today. You know, there was the, the sudden shakeup of like, oh my gosh, I don't have a team member to help make parenting decisions mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. but I had some really strong decision makers with me mm-hmm. that had, you know, that we had cultivated that kind of environment all along. So, I mean, they're just, they're just very strong decision makers. They're very aware of themselves. They're very, you know, so I would say, even though single parenting is super tough, when I stopped the self-doubt and when I stopped, um, making decisions out of fear. And I started mm-hmm. thinking more of like abundance and blessings that helped immensely. Um, or even stuff like, you know, they would say, mom, can I borrow the car to go do X with a friend? My mm-hmm. first reaction after my late husband died was no, you can't go because what if something happens to you? That was mm-hmm. in my head. And I'm like, sure. okay, I can't, I cannot put that out there. So I thought, okay, that's fear. That's fear talking. However, that was realistic for <laughs> you at the time. Right, right, yeah. right. But again, that's fear talking. That's saying that I have ownership over their life, which I don't. Mm-hmm. They are on their life journey. I can't let the fear come in and make a decision for me. I need to sit and say, okay, any other random day, 
would it be fine if they go met this friend and, and went to this activity? Yes. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So if I think of it in terms of, you know, if I take the fear out and I just say, you know, this is, this is go have a great time blessing them with their life decision. There's an abundance of good opportunities of, of good times out there. Go for it. It completely changes the dialogue. I appreciate everything that, uh, that we discussed uh, and how far we got into single parenting because it is, it is a, an important aspect of, of what you and I and any other person who has lost their spouse, spouse and had children uh, have and need to and will find themselves going through. Since we are probably at the time that our listeners need to go do something else than listen to this particular podcast, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, bring up anything else that you would love to make sure we cover today before we say adios. I would just say, you know, remember, um, just be compassionate with yourself. Give yourself a hug every day. Just, you know. Be kind to yourself. Know that you got the strength. You can do it. It's it's a tough road. It's a journey that none of us ever wanted to be on, but we're here. And yeah. it's doable. It's livable. And breathe. Take a moment. You know, just, just be kind to yourself. Yeah. Amen. Completely agree. And I just want to add, make sure that uh, you find a way, somehow, some way, to be grateful grateful with what you've had and certainly do not hesitate to be grateful for what you currently have everybody everything in your world still as important so that's that's huge too well this was excellent thank you so much for everything that you have brought up i think uh Gosh, I never think that the next uh, the next discussion is going to be as good as the current one and then you always surprise me. So, so appreciate you sharing your thoughts and uh, giving everybody a little bit of insight. It's been my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. You are welcome. I appreciate Mary Ellen coming on the show and I encourage my listeners to send us your comments. We would love to hear what you think of our discussions, especially since I will be adding guests to the show over the weeks to come. You can also help out with the mission of Journey to Grateful, which as you know is to help those who are new to loss by sharing stories and experiences from those who have experienced loss as well. You can rate and review the Journey to Grateful podcast, share your comments over at Apple Podcasts, or you can go to journeytograteful.com and select the Leave a Review button. If you do so, it will help Apple present the show to more people who could use a helping hand. And don't forget to subscribe to be notified each time a new episode comes online. And finally, please remember to share the podcast and website with others who we may help. Word of mouth is absolutely priceless, and we would appreciate your help. Now, don't forget, you can also connect directly with me via email. The email is tim at journeytograteful.com, or over on social, you can join the community and the discussion on Facebook and on Instagram. All links can also be found directly on journeytograteful.com. But 
maybe you're the type of person who would like to talk directly to me. You can leave a message on my voicemail. There's a number and it is 262-298-2428. 262-298-CHAT. Go ahead and leave me a voicemail day or night. I would love to hear from you. Now, I'm always very thankful to you, my friends, for taking the time to listen to the show. I believe together we can make a difference. And if this show touches just one heart at any moment that it's needed, well, then we've fulfilled our mission. I'd like to leave you with a quote to help you move forward on your current road of grief. Through my grief journey, I've constantly striven for small things to be grateful for. This quote comes from a friend a work acquaintance who daily seems to have made the world a better place in so many ways, some of it which were him just being kind and spreading his joy. This one touched me in a profound way when it was shared with a bereavement group just last week. So this is in memory of Bud Fox. I offer you his words of wisdom. Don't be afraid to love more than you think you can. What a poignant and and just good advice that is. If I hadn't had the courage to share my love freely back in 2003, when I was introduced to my wife by a mutual friend, my life would most certainly be far different today. But there seems to be reasons for things that we experience in life. Some at times become obvious quickly, and others are revealed to us when the time or the moment is just right. Although I believe I will never, in this current world, understand why Colleen was taken from us, I have faith that I will understand someday. So thank you again for stopping by and allowing me into your life. I'm grateful you see that you're among friends here. Take care. Bye-bye.